0: This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast talking to Oanda Senior Market Analysts from around the world. And today it is Jeff Halley in Singapore. Good morning from London, Jeff.
1: And good afternoon uh, from Asia. You might get a bit of background thunder today because we do have some monsoons going on outside by the sounds of it.
0: Yes, that's right. And I believe that trading... On the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, finally got underway in the afternoon after its morning session was also cancelled due to extreme weather.
1: Yeah, so they're right in Typhoon Alley basically, and it's actually quite common for this to happen in Hong Kong when the alert moves above a certain level and it stays there. As of nine o'clock in the morning, they close markets for the for the half day and then reassess at midday. So Hong Kong has reopened uh, this afternoon. Thankfully, it's been a reasonably quiet day here in Asia.
0: Now, unfortunately, there are increasing concerns about rising cases of COVID where you are particularly, Jeff. I would imagine that's making markets very jittery. Indonesia has reported a record number of daily cases. Uh, This is largely down to this Delta strain, I know Thailand, Malaysia and so on, all very concerned and that has affected markets.
1: Yeah, I think this is weighing on on sentiment today because we saw a reasonably positive day in in, in Wall Street on Friday, boosted by the banks passing their stress tests and uh, this bipartisan agreement on the infrastructure package which is unattached to any social spending uh, according to the President. So. We would have expected equities to have opened higher in Asia, but generally they're all slightly lower. And I believe that a lot of this is about the nerves. Japan has issues. Taiwan has issues. Uh, South Korea has sort of moved past them for now. But as you said, Malaysia extended national lockdown. Indonesia's uh, in a really bad place. Uh, Singapore seems to be making progress, and its stock market is about the only one that's risen. Uh uh, today, and as you said, uh, so Indonesia as well is facing uh, um, some some dark days ahead by the looks of it as well. But also in Australia, like Australia, the, the lockdown has been extended in uh, the greater Sydney area of New South Wales, Darwin's in lockdown as well, and there's been some community cases in other parts uh, of Australia as well, all Delta variant by the sounds of it. So I think this is generally adding a note of caution before we start into the second half of the week where um, we get a lot more data so this is quite actually quite a big week this week but it is backloaded towards the end
0: of this the week. is very disappointing news though i know that some spokespeople from around asia are saying well this is or could be even worse than the first two two or three waves is that what you're hearing
1: definitely yeah uh, for places such as jakarta i think we're definitely facing some serious issues It exploded in Malaysia as well, uh, and they haven't managed to get on top of that. As we know, the vaccination programs have been very slow to roll out in Asia. Now, part of that is because some of these countries wanted to manufacture themselves. They wanted to develop their own vaccine. But again, with India having an export ban on AstraZeneca, which was COVAX's main backbone, then there's issues. You just can't click your fingers and source millions of vaccines at the moment. So... Uh, you know, Asia's going to have to wait in line and they're going to have to manage the situation. But I don't necessarily think it's going to impact the growth recovery story of Asia yet. But if we're in the same place a month from now, then I think we're going to have to reassess some of those growth forecasts and they will all be to the downside. Not yet, but I think we're a month away. And if, as I said, if we're in that same place, then the global recovery may lose some steam.
0: Here in the UK, Jeff, we're going to hear a little bit later from government spokespeople as to whether the restrictions are going to be lifted a little bit earlier than the supposed July the 19th date. But I doubt that is going to happen, uh, bearing in mind the rate is going up. Hospitalizations remain very low here in the UK. But anybody hoping that that 19th of July date is going to be earlier, I think they're going to have their hopes dashed
1: yes i think you should just assume the worst and then it's not such a surprise to you but i think another evolving story today is apparently the german chancellor angela merkel wants to ban uk tourists whether they've been vaccinated or not from coming to europe over the next few months which i guess is your summer holidays i think that if that actually gain traction. I'd be surprised if she could actually get that one over the line with the Italians and the Spaniards etc etc but if that does come to fruition then that would be quite a big negative I think for uh, consumer discretionary, airlines, uh, tourism, hotels uh, etc etc anything associated with that travel industry so that's definitely one story to be keeping an eye on.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and if you look at the con- uh, percentage of UK tourists that go on holiday to Germany in August <laughs> compared with the Greek islands,
1: yeah, I mean, and I, I tell you, I mean, for the listeners, I've been to Berlin, and that place is just a fantastic place to visit if you're a tourist. But uh, the list gets a bit thinner after that. Not in August, though. I think there's there's other places, but I I, I think. Um, It's because of this Delta variant and it's not anything malicious uh, from the German Chancellor. It's because this new Delta variant is so contagious. They don't want to be pushed, having setbacks themselves in their own vaccination drives in Europe. But I, I really don't think she's going to get this one over the line. I think there's too many interests on the other side of that equation on both sides of the channel that want to see that happen. But certainly for our listeners, that would have a quite a negative impact. Uh, on on markets in in the UK if if that did actually come to to, to fruition and and thus, you know, it's it's a story worth monitoring.
0: Now, let's go to the USA and President Joe Biden has retracted his threat of refusing to sign a $1 trillion infrastructure agreement unless it is accompanied by a more comprehensive spending plan. Why has Biden been forced into this U-turn?
1: I think he's just caught between a a bit of a rock and a hard place here because there's no way that the social spending part of the Biden package was going to pass on a bipartisan ticket. There's so many uh, forces on the other side of that equation arrayed against it initially saying they'll never sign it. And even in some of the centrist... um, Centrist uh, senators within the Democrat Party as well were expressing disquiet. So he was going to have to go through what they call reconciliation, uh, which is a process through the Senate where you go line by line, paragraph by paragraph, and, and vote it through to, to beat the filibuster. So that process is a long, drawn-out process, and he needs to get some wins on the board. So there's been some pragmatism there from Mr Biden, I believe, uh, and he's dis- I guess what would be the right word, disentangled one from the other so that at least we can get the infrastructure moving forward, which actually does have quite a bit of support now that it's been trimmed down uh, on the Republican side as well.
0: Okay, let's take a look at what's happening over the next few days or so and preview the week ahead. Um, Looking at the data uh, coming out, we've got UK GDP numbers, US jobs, of course, on Friday, and there's some other data. What stands out for you? I suppose it's the non-farm payroll, is it?
1: Well, all roads do lead to the non-farm payroll data on Friday, and it'll be interesting to see whether we get a print around what the market expects, which is 600,000. The last couple of numbers have, um, have uh, disappointed, shall we say. The labour market uh, recovery hasn't been nearly as fast as uh, what uh, forecasters had been expecting. But we do have a lot of data coming in. So Thursday is the 1st of July, um, and on the 1st of July, we usually get the the Global Purchasing Manager Indexes. And we do get them right across Asia, including the Kaizen in in China, uh, and right through Europe, and also manufacturing PMIs also in the US. And that will give us a much more uh, clearer picture of the direction of travel, shall we say, Of this global uh, recovery but also it'll give us a picture of costs and whether these uh, rising input costs around the world are really starting to push inflation so that will be interesting and uh, I think in China we also have the uh, 100th birthday of the Chinese Communist Party this week so I'm actually not expecting anything negative to come out of China's financial markets this week because things tend to run to a script in weeks like this so I believe that they will uh, intervene via their national team for example if equities start moving lower and they've been adding liquidity with the Bank of China into the system today as well so I think uh, it'll be a fairly steady week in China even if it gets a bit uh, a bit volatile in other places.
0: Okay Jeff thanks very much for joining us this morning we'll speak to you again on Wednesday. Wonderful thank you very much for having me along. Yo podcast.